personal finance blogger behind Our Life Financial. She has been an investor since her early 30s, and she left the hustle and bustle of her full-time career in 2019, so before the big pandemic hit, to spend more time doing what she loves, which is encouraging women to become DIY investors. I'm super excited to have Melissa today because we are going to talk about earning money while you sleep, and who doesn't want to do that, all about dividend investing 101. So welcome, Melissa. I'm so happy to be talking to you today. Oh, thank you so much for putting this together. I'm so excited to be here. So let's just start right from the beginning. Um, What is dividend investing and what makes it so unique? Um, Dividend investing is, it's pretty much just a strategy that investors use to create an income for themselves. So similar to growth investing, If you were interested in growth stocks, you would buy a stock at a low price, sell it at a higher price, make a profit. That's how you're earning an income. To me, that's super stressful. You have to be able to time the market. You have to know when to buy, when to sell. That is stressful for me. And I want to try to limit the amount of stress I have, especially when it comes to investing. So um, for me, dividend investing is the best strategy because um, I can buy a company that pays a dividend. I can sit and I can hold it and I just collect the dividends. They get reinvested, make more money. It's, um, it's a lot simpler for me to, um, to invest. And, and I like it because it's an ever-growing income. And who doesn't like that? <laughs> and I love the fact that you earn money while you sleep. So True. who doesn't like that? Um, how do you pick your dividend stocks? Is a stock with the highest dividend the best one? Like I have, I don't invest in dividend stocks. I know nothing about them per se. I know, I mean, a little bit, but how do you pick what to invest in? So that's a great question. And I know when people are first starting out, the high yielding stocks that pay a huge dividend are really attractive because people automatically go to that yield and think, oh my gosh, I can make 8% or I can make 10%. This is amazing. And um, so that attracts them to that stock. But high yielding stocks are not necessarily the best investments because sometimes they could be struggling to pay those dividends because they are so high. So really what I look for is companies that have been paying dividends for decades. And not only have they been paying dividends for decades, but they've been increasing them year over year or continuously during that time period. So you know that they're used to paying dividends, they're making good money, they can carry on keeping paying the dividends, they can increase them for their investors. And um, another thing I look for is payout ratio, which is the, um, every company has an earnings per share. So it's based on their revenue. And so if they're paying, if they're earning $1 $1 per share, but they're paying $1.50 in dividends, that's not sustainable. They're not going to be able to do that for very much longer. So that's another thing that I look for when I purchase a stock. And um, those are the those are the most important things to me anyway. Um, a payout ratio, I look for a company that's paying about 50%. So whatever they're earning, they're paying about 50% back to shareholders. For instance, there's a Amazon. We all know Amazon. Amazon doesn't pay a dividend, but they're making a lot of money. And so for me as an investor, I'm not interested in owning Amazon stock. It's a great company, but they're not really paying their shareholders. You have to hope that what you buy the stock at and when you sell it, you've made some money. I'm not interested in that. I want to buy companies that I know right from day one, I'm going to be earning some money from them. Whether the price of the stock fluctuates, whether it goes up, whether it goes down, I'm going to continually get those steady dividends in my bank account or 
in my investment account so I can reinvest them and my income is just going to keep going up. I don't have to worry about it. So I like that you said um, you want to look at um, companies that have paid a dividend for a long time. I'm assuming this information is easy to find um, as far as even like these earnings ratios you're talking about. Um, How much work is dividend investing? Because you're you're throwing around some numbers and how much time do I need to put into this? Um, It's really not a lot of time after you choose your companies. It's the choosing the companies that kind of takes a little bit longer. Uh, But you can find... There's there's lists on the internet that you can find dividend Canadian dividend aristocrats. You can find a list of companies that have continually paid dividends. I think at the top of the list right now we have, you know, Canadian utilities. They've been paying dividends for nonstop dividends, increasing their dividends for almost 50 years. Like those are the companies you want to invest in. The Canadian banks have been paying dividends for a century. Like lots of them started in the late 1800s paying dividends and they're still paying dividends today. And um, there may have been points in time where they have had to stop increasing the dividends. For instance, during the pandemic, the Canadian banks were required to not increase their dividends, but it doesn't mean that they're not paying dividends. They just may have to stop increasing them for a little bit for whatever reason, for whatever's going on in the world at the time. But they're constant dividend payers and they have such a huge proven track record that those are the companies that you want to start out with at first because those are the solid ones that you're going to buy and you're going to own for decades. I started, like like you mentioned, I started um, investing in dividend stocks in my early 30s. And I'm some of the first stocks I ever bought, I haven't sold and I don't plan on selling them. And they are stocks that I am probably going to own forever because they're just the solid dividend payers that continually pay. And when they increase their dividend, it's even better. Yeah. I know a few bloggers who um, will calculate what their dividend rate is. And then they're like, I made six cents every hour of every day, even when I was sleeping or not six cents, but something bigger than that. Mm -hmm. I'm like, Oh, that's very attractive. So as a fellow real estate investor, I know a little bit about your background is that you did invest in real estate. Why did you, because there it's, it's not as passive, obviously, but there's potential to make some good money in real estate. Um, why did you choose to go with the dividend investing route over the real estate investing route? Okay, that's a great question. And it's something that I've been thinking about a lot, because as you know, we've recently sold a property that we had in New York State. And uh, we ran it kind of like an Airbnb. It was our vacation home slash Airbnb. So it was a place for us to enjoy, but we also allowed other people to enjoy it too because it helped cover the costs and it helped us make some money. Um, but when we sold that, we uh, deposited or invested the proceeds from the sale into dividend stocks. And so before that, my portfolio was pretty limited. Like I said, I started at 30, but I was a mom with two kids. Well, like we were paying off a mortgage, so I really didn't have a lot of money to invest up until recently. So um, the last couple of years has really shown me how great dividend investing can be. And sometimes I wonder if we had to go back in time, I, I would be really curious to know what a portfolio would look like today if we had started investing like full on in dividend stocks way back when. We were always focused on rent, uh, real real estate. We were always focused on paying down our mortgages and our line of credit. And just thinking about 
you know, paying all that money towards a line of credit for a rental property that could have been invested in the markets. I'm really curious to know where we would be right now, because just over the last couple of years, and granted, the last couple of years have been amazing for the stock market, especially for the Toronto Stock Exchange. So um, it's been a great time to be an investor. But um, I'm really curious to know what we would have accomplished had it have been the other way around. Because we've done, you know, we're actually surprised at how much dividend income we can earn and how much we have earned and how our portfolio has grown just from price appreciation alone over the last two years. Like it, it's actually quite amazing. We've had the same conversations in our house of like, what if, if we went back in time, knowing what we know now, would we have invested in real estate? Was it in the market? We're, we're very similar. Um, and I often think my husband says, yes, but the nice thing about real estate is someone's paying you rent, right? So it's that big leverage piece, which is different than dividend investing kind of thing. So it's a bit, it's a different, but it's definitely more uh, passive is dividend investing is more passive than real estate. That's for sure. And I understand that. And we, we still own, we still own one rental property. And um, I like, you know, someone recently just said to us, well, why don't you sell it? The prices are all up. Why don't you sell it and invest in the market? You could, you know, double your, your dividend income and you could do all these great things. And I like owning real estate because I think it's important to have as part of an investment portfolio. And, you know, REITs are a perfect example for people that can't afford to get into the, to the real estate markets right now, which I couldn't afford because it's just crazy. But um, REITs are a great way to expose yourself to real estate if you don't own, you know, if you're not, you don't own another property. So um, I, I do feel like real estate is an important aspect to have in a diversified portfolio. And um, I just, you know, I like the fact that I own a, a physical asset. And are, are there REITs that are dividend? There are REITs, yeah. REITs pay dividends or distributions, yes. Yep. So it's the same as a dividend stock. So it's a great way to expose yourself. So we've talked about a lot of things um, great about dividend investing as far as, you know, uh, you're getting that passive income, things are going up. What are some downsides to dividend investing? Well, you have to be very patient, especially when you first start, because it takes a long time to build that steady income. But starting is the key. And with platforms now that offer free trading. There was nothing like that when I started. I, I started, I had to pay $29.99 to buy something. That was the fee. It was like, almost, it was $30. And so for me to, to buy something, I had to save up. Like I, I wouldn't purchase anything until I had $1,000 saved. And then I'd buy, you know, so many shares of one company. So I started with one company and then I saved another thousand. And then I started with, I bought another company. And so it took a really long time because first of all, I had to save a lot of money to make the $30 trade worthwhile. Now with the free trading platforms, it's incredible. You can, you can deposit $10 and buy one share of a company for free. And uh, then you can deposit another $10. So it's a lot easier for people nowadays. And, and I think those platforms are amazing. And I really encourage people, people to start. And, um, you know, that's the way to build a portfolio. But it does take time. And a lot of people, I find, especially today, they, they're not patient. I mean, Think about the GameStop and the Reddit uh, fueling of purchasing GameStop and AMC theaters last year, which were, 
you know, crazy. And people were just going gung ho and buying these st- these shares of companies that really they they weren't worth the price that people were paying. But everyone just wanted to get in. They were scared they were gonna they were gonna miss out, and they wanted to get in quick, make a big you know dollar amount, and then exit. But um, there's no get rich quick schemes out there. And honestly, I believe that the slow and steady wins the race and dividend investing is that it's, it's slow. It's going to seem like at the beginning you're earning, you know, $1 every quarter and you're going to be thinking, wow, this is going to take me forever. But the more you reinvest the dividends and the more money you can save and put into your uh, account, the quicker it grows and it just becomes a snowball and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. But it does take time. So I think a lot of people are deterred by that fact alone that they want the I want it to happen now. They don't want to wait. And it's definitely hard seeing like when I'm getting started, you're right, that $1 a quarter or whatever. And I'm looking at these other people who are making, you know, thousands of dollars a month. And I'm thinking, will I ever get there? Um, So I can understand the patience piece. So someone who's impatient, I would assume dividend investing is not a good option. Um, Who is in death? Who is dividend investing good for? And who is it not good for? It's good for anyone who wants to create a steady income stream that eventually in 20, 30 years, they'll be able to use that income to help offset their bills, their cost of living, you know, their, their mortgage payments, perhaps, or their retirement traveling. It's for anyone who wants to create a steady income that it, it doesn't stop. It just keeps growing. And it's the accumulation stage that takes that takes the time and the patience because you're constantly reinvesting those dividends. It's tempting to want to spend them because you're getting this money now. And oh, my gosh, you know, I could buy this and I could buy this. But the more you reinvest them, the more shares you're buying, the more dividends you're going to get next quarter. And it just keeps snowballing from there. So uh, honestly, dividend investing is for anyone who wants to have a steady income stream that doesn't stop. And um, I don't think a lot of people understand the power of dividend investing in the fact that when you're retired, you know, our goal is, I mean, I'm not working anymore, but my husband's still working and he retires in, you know, this time next year. But our goal is to use the dividend income that we make, but our the rest of our portfolio stays intact. We don't have to sell any of our shares. We're just going to keep collecting our dividends and we're going to be using our dividend income. And so for us, that's important because eventually when we're no longer here, our kids will have the benefit of, you know, a portfolio that, you know, and some money left over for them so that they can, you know, it can help them in their own lives. So I think it's important for um, generational wealth if you're thinking about generational wealth. And um, like I said before, it's it's not suited for people who just want to make a quick buck. You know, it takes time and you have to build that defensive portfolio of owning those solid companies that you know are going to keep paying you. I mean, you know, the Canadian banks, they've you know, 18, late 1800s, they've been paying dividends since they've, they've gone through world wars, they've gone through, you know, two pandemics, you know, they've stood the test of time. Uh, 
in my opinion, they are some of the best investments that Canadians can put their money into. You know, it's companies like those that are going to keep you and keep your income growing. And that's important as an investor and as someone who's retiring. You, you don't want to you don't want to lose the cost of your dollar by by inflation increasing. You want to have that that dividend income that's going to keep up or even surpass inflation. I think that's a great, um, great thing to think about because we're all worried about inflation right now. And if those dividends can kind of help kind of buffer that, that's a great solution. Are there any mistakes someone can make when dividend investing? Like what are some common mistakes to avoid? I think the biggest mistake is um, going for the highest yield. And uh, so many times I hear people talk about, you know, like we, we said before, uh, I'm making, you know, 16% on, on this investment, on this, you know, one company. Okay, it's 16% today, but it could be zero next quarter because you really have to, if, if you're looking at the high yielding companies, you really have to do a lot more research and figure out why is the yield so high? A lot of the times the yield is high because their share price has dropped. Why is their share price dropped? What's going on? So you do have to do a lot more research if you are looking at a company with a high yield. Um, a lot of the steady eddies are, you know, you can get companies between three and five percent. That's that's an average yield that's usually sustainable, especially especially with these long-standing companies. You know, you can see some companies that pay higher dividend payouts that are still great purchases, but you definitely have to do you have, definitely have to do your research and. Um, you know, I really, I, I really think a lot of people may just hear people mention stocks here and there on the internet, or, or, or hear it on social media, and they just think right away, okay, well, everyone's, everyone's investing in this company, it's got to be good, you know, and um, that's not the thing to do. You, you definitely have to do your research, and you know, purchasing the companies that have stood the test of time. You can't really go wrong with those. So there are a lot of stocks out there, obviously. So we talked about finding some on, you know, Instagram or other social media. But what advice do you have for somebody who um, wants to, is going to be an investor? I'm like, yeah, I'm there. But is feeling overwhelmed by the amount of choices in the stock market and kind of doesn't know how to direct. So how do you fight that overwhelm of choice? Okay, so first of all, I would go to the Toronto Stock Exchange and look up their composite 60. So it's 60 companies. And um, you can go through the list and you can sort them by dividends, the ones that pay. And then you can determine from there, you know, which companies you kind of want to look further at. But, you know, this is you're going to find the banks and you're going to find, you know, TransCanada Pipeline and Enbridge and and Fortis and the utilities. And you're going to find those kind of companies. And just by reading other dividend investing blogs, you can kind of see that the stocks that carry forward into other people's portfolios. And usually those ones are, like I said, they're the steady eddies. They're the ones that are going to be, they have been paying dividends for decades. They're going to continue paying dividends for decades. And, you know, you kind of see the commonality between bloggers, between investors. And, but um, like I said, the first place I would start is definitely the TSX 60 composite and review it. See which companies pay dividends, and that's kind of your short list. That's a great place to start. I have never uh, heard that tip before. And I have to say, like, 
as someone who, again, I don't mm-hmm. invest in dividend stocks, but I follow a bunch of bloggers who do, you do see those commonalities. It's like, oh, everybody's inv- investing in whatever, you know, whatever bank or, and it's interesting to me to watch and to watch people's stocks grow, or some people will be very heavy in one and not the other. And it's interesting, the conversations that are had there, but there are definitely, you're right. Even though there is a bunch of stocks out there, there's only so many that are the big, you know, the aristocrats are those good options. So that's a really good tip there. Are there any tax implications? Uh, I love to plug the TFSA because, you know, who doesn't love to earn money tax-free in Canada? So um, the TFSA, you don't have to worry about tax. And I urge everyone to uh, open up a TFSA account if they don't have one already and to invest the money. And um, so you don't have to worry about tax there. If you have your dividends in an RRSP, uh, the only tax implication you have is when you withdraw from the RRSP and it's just added to your income. Doesn't matter if, um, you know, what you're withdrawing from your RRSP has come from capital gains or from dividends, interest income, doesn't matter. It's just, you know, you're withdrawing a lump sum, that lump sum gets added to your income, you have to pay tax on it. If you have your dividends in a non-registered account, which is a taxable account, a regular cash investment account, you will pay dividends every, or sorry, you will pay tax every year on your dividends. But in Canada, we have a dividend tax credit. So technically, people can earn up to almost $50,000 in dividends and pay essentially no tax. Now, granted, that's if that 50,000 is your only source of income, which rarely that happens. People have employment income, people have pension income. And then when you, you know, when we reach a certain age, we have CPP and OAS and possibly rental income or business income. So it's very rare for dividend income to be your only source of income, but there is a dividend tax credit. So, um, They are taxed more favorably. So, you know, in a country like Canada, where you don't really feel like there's any favorable tax advantages, dividends are are good investment in in that sense, because um, there is that dividend tax credit. I am not a tax specialist, so this is just what I've I've learned in my own experience. So um, don't take my word as gospel. Everyone should always always seek the help of an accountant just to be sure and to to check with for their own unique situation. But um, yeah, dividends uh, do do have a a favorable tax advantage. And I think that TFSA, obviously, uh, it's a huge, it's a great tool for Canadians and very few are using it appropriately as far as investing in it. They just have it as a savings account, which really it's, it has huge potential. Um, so yeah, that's a plug for that for sure. If I am ready, so I listened to this, I'm like, yep, I'm doing it. I'm ready to dip in and invest. You've inspired me right for this talk. I want to get started. What is the, the first, first step, step? Like, what do you think a is the action step? And there's so many out there and, um, you can open them at your bank account or at the same banking institutions that you have your bank account. They will probably come with a fee, a trading fee of $9.99. So always check the fees with the brokerage that you're looking at. Make sure you understand what their fee structure is all about. Um, Some brokerages charge you a certain uh, monthly fee if your balance is less than a certain amount. So that's another thing to look out for. And then you have the free trading platforms like Wealthsimple where you, you can trade for free. So first of all, you need to figure out, you know, which 
platform or which account where you're going to open your account and how easy it's going to be to transfer money into it, transfer money out of it. That's that's something to consider as well. And um, so the first step would definitely be opening a brokerage account. But uh, it's important to check those fees because when you're first starting, if you don't have a huge lump sum to start investing, you know, those fees can eat away at at your, you know, at, at your dollar amount that you can invest. So you definitely have to check the fees. But opening account is the first step. And then, like I said, you know, you have to have a short list of some stocks that you're interested in buying. And um, every platform usually has a video to show you how to go in and make a trade. It'll show you how to how to find the the tab to to do your trading, how to buy, how to sell, that kind of thing. So it's important to watch the videos, but they're usually very self-explanatory. You can you can figure it out on your own. That's how you start. Awesome. So I think after watching this video, we're all gonna go out, open a brokerage account. Do the TSX 60 research. I think that was a good tip. That's something I learned. Um, This has been awesome. You are a wealth of knowledge when it comes to dividend investing, Melissa. So I want to thank you for that. Uh, Well, I have a blog at arlinefinancial.com. And on my blog, I actually share my portfolio. You can get an idea of the companies I own. And I update my readers on my passive income, my monthly passive income, how much we're earning in dividends, how much uh, my dividends, how many shares my dividends are purchasing when they're getting reinvested. And I also talk about if I buy any shares or if I buy a new company, uh, if I sell anything, I talk about selling. I don't sell very often, but um, occasionally I do. So I do talk about why I'm selling the stock and what my reasons are. And I also have a, um, a separate portfolio geared at new investors where it's um, set up on Wealthsimple and it's called the We Invest Challenge. And it's, it was actually um, created on Instagram. So they can follow, people can follow me on Instagram as well. And it's, um, it, I, I just deposited $1,000 and just every year I'm adding more money to it to show people how you can start creating a portfolio. And in this portfolio, I started off with dividend stocks and um, I've added in a couple of growth stocks in there just because, you know, I wanted to see if I can make a quick buck, but I don't know if it's working. Um, but it does show people how they can create uh, a portfolio with a small amount of money and how that portfolio can grow over time. So I also talk about that on my blog as well. But um I have I have followers on Instagram that send me questions all the time. I'm happy to answer any questions people have. You can follow me on Twitter, um, Instagram, Facebook. So yeah, I'm I'm an open book and I'm very transparent. And my goal is to help other women, particularly women, get involved in do-it-yourself investing and to create an income stream for themselves for retirement. I think that's great. And I think I follow kind of your blog and the WeVest challenge. And I think it's great to show from a beginning standpoint, because you're right, not everyone's starting from having this big portfolio. And it can get really daunting when you're just starting out and you're looking at other people who have these big portfolios. So I think those are all really great resources um, and places to connect. So if people are looking, like I said, underneath here, you'll see the button to connect to Melissa on her blog. And if you go to the speakers page, you can look at all of her social media and to connect with her there. So I want to thank you, Melissa, for your time. This has been, you are, again, like I said, a wealth of 
knowledge. I've learned a lot about dividend investing myself. 